Marigold Tersen is a Uyghur, a Muslim who was born and raised in Xinjiang, a region of China. It borders Mongolia, Russia, Kyrgyzstan, Pakistan, Afghanistan, and India. The Chinese government has been cracking down on Uyghurs for more than 30 years. In previous episodes of this podcast series, we told you about Miracle, how she was raised in a small Xinjiang village, how she made her way from the region to the main part of China for school, how she left China for Egypt, met her husband, and had triplets. We also told you about how she made her way back to China to visit family, how she was arrested, how her son was killed, and how after three years of being tortured in a prison, she reached a tipping point. She formulated a plan which, at the very least, would save her two remaining children. If you want to kill me, I can die, whatever. But after maybe after one time, the Egyptian government will ask about three kids. Where is the three kids go to China until now, no return back? That time you will have big problem. So you don't have uh, do anything. You don't have option do anything for my kids. You need to this my kids return back to Egypt because my husband Egyptian. I told them about that. Hello, I'm Zeba Hassan. And I'm Uzma Jaffrey. At this point, Marigold wanted to die. She had started her life in Egypt with her new husband and the triplets. She was only going back to China for a quick visit so her children could meet their grandparents. But her trip quickly turned to terror when she was arrested soon after landing in China. Chinese government officials told her that she was arrested for being Muslim. The telltale sign, the hijab she wore on the plane from Egypt to China. After three years of torture, being separated from her children, and learning one of her sons was killed while she was in custody, Mirgo reached a tipping point. She threatened action. She told the Chinese government that her children were Egyptian citizens and that the Egyptian government might be searching for them. It worked. Kind of. Mirgo's husband was allowed to come to China and take his family back to Egypt. But that agreement came with conditions. And then the, the Chinese police take me to another room. They t- talk to me. You go outside from China, but you take your fa- we take your father, mother, sister, brother from our family, 26 people to jail. You go to only permanent time, take with your kids uh, to husband to Egypt, and then cancel your Egyptian citizen. Bring us one document inside two months. Come back China and we replace your give your Chinese uh, citizen normally. And then we cancel your uh, this, the death sentence status. You are never ever go to jail. You forever stay with your family in China. Miracle took the deal. She said goodbye to her parents, her sister, her brother, and her homeland before she boarded the plane back to Egypt. Several weeks passed, and the pressure to return was evident. After one month, Egyptian government started pushing me to go back to China. And then my husband said, you need to tell the whole world about what happened in your country. And then I say, yeah, I, but I, I tell anybody before I, before I go I go back to China, I must go back to China, but I will, whatever I go to China, I will die. Instead of going back to China, Marigold figured the best way to tell the world about the atrocities behind closed doors was to make her way to the United States Embassy. Her goal? to testify in front of Congress. 
Uh, we'll come and there she is. This, hearing is the Communist Party's this Uyghur woman of modest means who grew up in a Xinjiang village today. with a passion for chickens in front of the Congressional Executive Commission on China. Uyghur Muslim who was interned in and survived a Chinese quote-unquote political reaction. She's telling members about the horrors of being Muslim from a Xinjiang region. She told them about her son's killing while being held in a detention camp, witnessing dozens of others being murdered, and how Muslims are being tortured and killed just because they're Muslim. Senator Marco Rubio from Florida, the committee chair, seemed to understand. China was committing genocide. I wanted to just basically say that it seems to me that at the core of all this is an obsessive desire on the part of the Chinese government, which is not new, to create a sort of unified national identity, which must be stripped of anything that competes with it. Ethnicity, religion, ethnic cultural tradition. There can be nothing that competes with it. Congress knows. The world knows. And Marigold also told the committee through a translator that while she may be thousands of miles away from China, she'll never feel safe. Um, about two weeks ago, I was um, catching an Uber and um, traveling, and I felt that some person who wearing black glasses... Black... Uh, and also black hat... And that person was with the car, and then he was trying to talk to me through the windows of the car. And uh, the car drew through the different direction. We dropped him. And I, I scared when he tried to talk to me through the window. And then the driver asked me, you know him? I said, no, I don't know. But I, I see he is Chinese. I understand. And I let the driver go fast, help me to run away and then they go another way and the driver keep me in my house. But I'm always worried. All the time I don't feel like I'm safe here. Hey listeners, Mommy One Muslim is bringing you yet another retreat. In fact, our retreats have birthed their own name now. Fill up your cup retreats or F-U-Y-C. We're kind of proud of that one. Women carry everything for everyone all of the time, and we know we can't pour from an empty cup. So we've curated an F-U-Y-C retreat in Dallas, Texas, this February 17th through the 19th at a private retreat center, the theme being introspection in seclusion. We have limited beds available for the entire weekend experience, including room, board, and activities fostering introspection. That is being okay, being alone with just ourselves, such as yoga, thicker circles, guided meditation, spa services, hijama, and of course, in the company of women who are doing the same thing alongside us, filling up their cups by loving the space they fill and embracing their God-given missions, whatever those might be. We expect attendees will find both there. Can't stay the whole weekend, but crave some time to recharge and repurpose yourself? Get a day pass that also includes food and activities for the day. And of course, all attendees get some practical and fancy swag to take home and hopefully continue filling their cups. See y'all there. Marigold faced the Congressional Commission in 2019. And now four years later, things have not changed very much. Some might even argue things have become a little bit more desperate. You see, while she made her way to the United States with her young son and daughter, her husband couldn't come with them. And to make matters worse, he fled his Egyptian homeland when the government learned Miracle came to the United States. We can't tell you where he's at. It won't be safe for him. 
but what we can tell you is that he's living in self-imposed exile until Marigold's asylum application in the U.S. is complete. But here's the thing. Marigold was in queue to get her approval. It's now been pushed back. Asylum seekers from Syria and Afghanistan have been given preferential treatment. We reached out to the State Department to find out more about the delay. They told us that no one was available for an interview. Whatever the case, the long wait for her approval and her husband's separation is unsettling. I didn't know anything. I didn't have any information. I get near to I get crazy. Because U.S. government tortured me. They didn't give me any document. They didn't give me any any document. Or no help my husband. Or I don't I don't I don't waiting from people helping me. Inshallah Allah will help me. Europe. Because this reason I don't want I don't like life, you know. Until now I don't want life. I don't like. But it's not on my hand. I cannot kill myself. Because I am Muslim. We also reached out to Senator Marco Rubio's office to let him know that her case has been pushed back. We're still waiting to hear from him. Meanwhile, there are a couple other aspects to this story that are worth noting. Number one, Marigold's two surviving children, Moise and Alina, are seven years old now they are still suffering injuries at the hands of the Chinese government. Uh, my son is disabled. He is, he is cannot control pee and the poo until now he using for diaper because he say when he was child and there may be something coming to strong his, his head, back his head. So his, his head little bit big but the doctor say because his head have something like feels this control poo and the pee and not working. So he need a surgery for that. But until now, I am just uh, because I have a lot of thinking I need to do. And then my daughter also needs surgery for her eyes because something white coming to cover his eyes. Oh, like, alhamdulillah. Marigold says doctors should be able to perform surgery to help Moses' incontinence, but he's not eligible for surgery until he matures a little more, maybe when he's about 10 years old. The physical injuries are, of course, tough, but Marigold says it's heartbreaking when they ask her about their father. All, all the time, I would lie for myself. Uh, next month, my husband coming. Next month, until now, four years. And then my kid is now start speaking, say, next month your father coming, inshallah, we will do that, we will do that. And they say, mommy, you lie, you you all your life lie. I say, I'm not liar. He says, you lie, you say every time next month, it is next month, it's too much far away, no coming. But I say, I am not lie. But I have, I understand, I don't, I don't lost hope. The Chinese government is not happy that Marigold is speaking out. Chinese state TV CGTN did an English language story on Marigold, all part of their propaganda smear campaign to discredit her. In it, a person described as a doctor from the hospital denies the allegations. Dr. Li Xuexiong has worked at Wurumuchi Children's Hospital for 30 years. 
He says records show only Mihigu's son named Moes received the treatment at the hospital between January and November of 2016, twice for pneumonia and once for a hernia. The so-called doctor claims he cared for the boy in November 2016. That's about 16 months after Marigold was released from custody. Also, those are records for Marigold's son who's still living. So the medical records for Marigold's other son, Mohanad, have vanished. Meantime, the Chinese government says Marigold's son, the one who died, left the country alive and well. Again, this is from the report by Chinese state TV. According to exit and entry records, all of Mihigu's children, Mohanad, Elena, and Moes, left China after 2016. Mihigu and one of her sons left China in January 2016. Her other son and daughter left China in April 2018, and they didn't re-enter the country. The story from CGTN also includes Marigold's family. They back up the government's claim that all Marigold's children are alive and well. We asked Marigold. She believes the Chinese government forced her family into lying. China denies it's taking Uyghurs as prisoners. Government officials claim the Uyghurs are voluntarily taking part in vocational training. There are a lot of videos online of those so-called vocational camps. They show Uyghurs smiling, studying Mandarin Chinese, painting, and even singing songs. But again, governments around the world are mostly in agreement that the Chinese government is torturing the Uyghurs and committing genocide. U.S. lawmakers have taken up several regulations condemning the mistreatment of Uyghurs, and there was even a bill that banned cotton, the region's largest export from the Xinjiang region. It's called the Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention Act. Despite these actions, some believe the U.S. could be doing more. Meantime, Marigold feels all alone. She's fighting every day to bring her husband to the U.S. She's not allowed to communicate with her family in China. That's because they're being closely monitored, and speaking with them could put them in danger. Marigold also says that she's tried to get in touch with her Spanish roommates, her best friends from college. But every time she starts a Facebook account to search for them, it's taken down, and Facebook won't tell us why. Whatever happens, Marigold believes that her chances of returning to China are slim to none. But she has higher hopes for her grandchildren. She has faith that they could grow up just like she did in a homeland, possibly surrounded by chickens, with lots of friends and family. Except she says this time the Uyghur people can be free. I wishes one day we have our own country and we have our own like when I was child, like this normal country, and then. Yes, whatever Uyghur like do, and they can free their country. Despite everything, Marigold believes she is on the road to happiness. It's just taking a long, long time for her to get there. I'm Zeba Hassan, and I'm Uzma Jafri. Thank you for listening to this very special podcast series by Momming Well Muslim. As the Washington Post editorial board observed, all who believe in the principle of never again after the horror of the Nazi extermination camps in Stalin's Gulag must speak up against China's grotesque use of brainwashing. 
prisons, and torture. If this month's episodes stir any kind of empathy, anger, despair in you, know that you can make a difference. Never again, maybe back right now, but you can also make a difference right now. Use the pre-made resources, notes, petitions, calls, scripts, everything that we've linked in our show notes to tell the world and your lawmakers that we need to stop Uyghur genocide today.